Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Two of our broadcast, and we uh, began with humanity before politics. I was just reflecting on this as I was listening to and watching the video of the Fetterman-Oz debate yesterday evening. I want to share a couple of things with you and observations on this. Um, One of them, I think about my own father. I was reminded of my own father years ago. Those of you who are familiar with this broadcast are aware my dad passed away three years ago, 2019. Years ago, my mom and dad came in for the weekend to visit. And I think it was on the last day of that visit, I believe it was, on a Monday. I was working. This is back when I was in TV. I just spent time with them, with everybody, and I was on the way to work. And I think one of my children called and said that that they believed Dad had a stroke, and he was on the way to the hospital. Fortunately, you know, my dad was in the hospital here for a couple of days before going back to Kentucky. His speech was slurred for a short bit of time, and he pretty much returned to normal in a matter of days. I was so thankful. We were all so thankful to watch his recovery because, I mean, at the time, I think my dad was in his 80s. I've also shared with you on this broadcast... A friend of mine, just a few weeks ago, 37 years old, had a stroke. And still to this day, he wrestles with speech. I think the last time I visited him was perhaps a week ago. And there are times he still struggles. I'm just sharing the personal side of this because I know for my friend, it's very, very frustrating. Especially to be a young man. And he's thinking to himself, is this going to get better? Is this going to improve? So you can imagine the psychological aspects of this. In addition to the physical, as a human person, just dealing with life in general, stepping into something like this in politics, oh my goodness, what a mess. What a mess. Which brings us to Drudge Headlines on the Pennsylvania debate. Fetterman versus Oz, one night only. Tattooed Titan and TV medic spar in key debate. Additional phrases here. Pretend you live in Vermont and run against Bernie. That was a line from Fetterman last night. References to the debate all center around 
center around Mr. Fetterman's performance and his continued struggle to recover from his stroke, awkward pauses and errors, video of the worst moment, painful spectacle. I'm going to share some of these clips with you because uh, it's important to understand how devastating this is. For those of you who are not aware, to be able to hear how bad it is. We're going to start by playing a couple of pieces of audio. This is from the very beginning. This is Mr. Fetterman, who is starting off. Both gentlemen were asked the question, what makes you qualified to be Pennsylvania's next senator? Here is John Fetterman's answer. Hi. Good night, everybody. I'm running to serve Pennsylvania. He's running to use Pennsylvania. Here's a man that spent more than $20 million of his own money to try to buy that seat. I'm also having to talk about something called the Oz rule, that if he's on TV, he's lying. He did that during his career on his TV show. He's done that during his campaign about lying about our record here. And he's also lying probably during this debate. And let's also talk about the elephant in the room. I had a stroke. He's never let me forget that. And I might miss some words during this debate, mush two words together, but it knocked me down, but I'm going to keep coming back up. And this campaign is all about, to me, is about fighting for everyone in Pennsylvania that ever got knocked down that needs to get back up and fighting for all forgotten communities all across Pennsylvania that also got knocked down that needs to keep get back up. Okay. Mr. Fetterman there. That's his message about his qualifications. I want you to just listen in terms of side by side. Now, uh, having said that, did you hear something really compelling there that just compels you want to run out and vote for this guy? Just asking. Here is Dr. Oz when he had the opportunity to answer the same question about qualifications. Listen up. I'm running for the U.S. Senate because Washington keeps getting it wrong with extreme positions. I want to bring civility balance all the things that you want to see because you've been telling it to me on the campaign trail and by doing that we can bring us together in a way that has not been done of late democrats republicans talking to each other john fetterman takes everything to an extreme and those extreme positions hurt us all let's take crime as an example because it's been such a big problem Maureen Faulkner accompanied me today to the studio you know that her husband was a police officer in philadelphia was brutally murdered John Fetterman, during this crime wave, has been trying to get as many murderers convicted and sentenced to life in prison out of jail as possible, including people who are similar to the man who murdered her husband. He does it without the, with the rest of the parole board agreeing. He's doing it without the families on board. These radical positions extend beyond crime to wanting to legalize all drugs, to open the border, uh, to, to raising our taxes. I want Washington to be civil again. Well, you need it to be less radical. John Fetterman, unfortunately, okay. would bring that. So... Who provides the most compelling case to you? I don't care what you are, Democrat, Republican. In terms of the opening statements, which one 
sounds the most compelling to you to cause you to want to go out and vote for him. It's interesting. Axios has a piece, Fetterman's painful debate. They start right off talking about his opening words. Good night, everyone. Multiple sources wonder why Fetterman even agreed to debate when he clearly wasn't ready. Fetterman struggled at times to respond to the moderator's questions, even with the assistance of a closed captioning device. One Democratic lawmaker and Fetterman backer told Axios, Why the hell did Fetterman agree to this? This will obviously raise more questions than answers about John's health. We will share the rest of this. But more importantly, give you the opportunity to listen for yourself. Breitbart has put together a compilation of some of the most painful moments. And I'll tell you what, it's uh, it's the most painful three minutes that I can remember in terms of audio. We're going to share that and much more and get your thoughts as we continue our Wednesday broadcast. Stay with us. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Over on the text line, we begin here. Eddie says, Vince, do you believe the Dems already know he will win? So they don't care that he looks incompetent. (laughs) Okay. Vince, health notwithstanding, Fetterman's a trust fund baby. Never had a job before becoming a mayor. He's not qualified to be dog catcher. This one's kind of rough from the upstate. There's nothing about Fetterman at any point in his life that's worth anything. It's pretty sad. On the debate, Oz by a mile. Vince, I think Dr. Oz answered the question, which one is one we need somebody strong to make changes? Fetterman needs to take a little break. That is from Gigi. Fetterman's speech pattern is eerily similar to Biden's. They sound nearly the same. (laughs) Not an Oz watcher or a fan, but Oz sounded like the better candidate. Fetterman was more interested in attacking Oz than saying why he was the better candidate. Vince, I just got done voting early. I consider myself an independent voter, voted Republican. Time to get this country back on track. And look out for this country, this country. Enjoy the show, brother. That is Gene out of Rock Hill. Vince, I watched Fetterman's communications director say he knocked the debate out of the effing park. I call it a sacrifice bunt that accomplished nothing. <laughs> Jim out of easily. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Let's quickly get to this. But I was sharing with you a piece from Axios, Fetterman's painful debate. 
I may get to more of this, but I really want you to hear the audio for yourself. Kimberly Classic. This is awful. Shame on Fetterman's entire team and family for pushing him through this race. Let this man go home and get some rest. If you don't have your health, you don't have anything. Joe Scarborough. Scarborough. This is painful to watch regardless of one's politics. Yes, it is. So without further ado, let's listen to this is a Breitbart compilation of all of John Fetterman's stumbles. Listen to this for yourself. Hi, good night, everybody. And this campaign is all about, to me, is about they didn't pay the bills and it got her paid. Here's what I think we have to fight about inflation here right now. That's what we need to fight about inflation. We also be able to make more in Pennsylvania. When he had a choice to make his merchandise, the Oz label is on, he made it all in China. And how can a man, you know, with, with you know, 10 gigantic mansions, you know, has unwilling uh, to talk about a willing wage. Now, we, we all have to make sure that everyone that works is able to, that's, that's the most American bargain. And I believe they haven't have any businesses being, being uh, he doesn't want to talk about having somebody having a living wage and having somebody able to survive. Roe v. Wade, for me, is, should be the law. What I support, I support on Roe v. Wade. And I've always believed that the choice balloons women and their doctors i believe that it i believe the real doctors that i believe and they all believe that i'm ready to be served he keeps talking about bernie bernie sanders living closer to anybody else in pennsylvania for fracking to myself uh, I, I i do support fracking and i don't i don't i support fracking and I stand and I do support fracking. He has never met an air, uh, an oil company that he doesn't swipe right about. I ran to be mayor back in 2005. I'm the only person on this stage right now that has con con was successful. His, his family's company was, it was set, levied the largest fine for ingration hiring of, of, of immigrant uh, illegals. He should sit this one out about in terms of what a, a, sore, uh, a secure border. I, b I believe, I, I believe, you know, is, is right now is, is China. Everybody in Braddock, uh, an overwhelmingly majority uh, community of, of black uh, community all understood what happened. You know, they, uh, they understood what happened. We need to make sure that Dr. Oz and the Republicans believe in cutting Medicare and in Social Security. Dr. Oz would not support, and he would support cutting Medicare. To me, careers are revealed uh, by your, your real underlying values. It's about supporting and helping, you know, young earners, excuse me, young, young, uh, young you know students to, to give them a break I believe that that supporting uh, all right let me just ask specifically isn't, isn't that painful you know and I'm not being melodramatic when I say this but I'm serious just as a human have a human being pray for this guy pray for him for his recovery not for the sake of an election. But this has to be so just awful. Just imagine all the challenges that you face recovering from 
a stroke. And then to have all these political expectations on top of that, this is terrible. I, it, it really was terrible. This texture says, I heard part of this debate. It's not good for this guy. There's no way Breitbart didn't skew this a little. Uh, skew this in terms of all they did is they put a bunch of these together. That's what they did. And liberals and conservatives alike have all agreed that this was awful. Absolutely awful. This texture says, <laughs> this sounds like one of Biden's speeches. Another person adding, there's no difference between Biden and Fetterman when it comes to cognitive issues. It is terrible. But also when you skew it, skew it like that, it's one long run-on sentence. It sounds really bad. Yeah, it does. It's a prime example. Politics is all about money. How can somebody put a family member through such BS? You know, and remember we had this discussion about Joe Biden. How many of us believe this was just pure, pure elder abuse. You heard part of this earlier. But I want you to hear one of the questions raised with our concern about energy on the subject of fracking. And this, again, you know, I want this to accomplish two things. One, I want you to hear the flip-flop that Mr. Fetterman has made here on this issue. But also, again, it shows the cognitive speech issues again in very clear form. Listen up. I do want to clarify something. You're saying tonight that you support fracking, that you've always supported fracking, but there is that 2018 interview that you said, quote, I don't support fracking at all. So how do you square the two? Oh, uh, I, I, I do support fracking and I don't, I don't, I support fracking and I stand and I do support fracking. Oh my gosh. That's just absolutely painful, isn't it? Just putting that out there. Let the chips fall where they may, folks. Pennsylvania. One other element about this that needs to be understood in the context of the election will address that as we continue. Stay with us. Over on the text line, in reference to the Fetterman debate, this texter says this. He still, sound, he still sounds better than Herschel Walker by far. Really? Really? You think it's that bad? Hmm. Is there not some statute that says a politician must be in good health? 
His family should be taken to the woodshed. All right. My father had three strokes in a period of three years. His are not over. My goodness. Finn's family members allow Fetterman and Biden to go through this because they're leftist psychopaths without scruples. All right. Oh, gosh. Vince, there's a meme going around showing Fetterman and his wife on one side and Lurch and Morticia on the other. The resemblance is striking. You guys are so terrible. You should be ashamed of yourself. Vince, I turned the debate on last night. Couldn't believe what I was watching and hearing. I looked up. Fetterman, I did not know about his stroke. The debate was a train wreck. I just couldn't turn away from. The post-debate show had Chris Como hosting, who even said Oz could have attacked him more if he wanted to, but he held back. Good on Oz for that. That was gracious on his part, I think. Vince, I love your show. I like how you make it so real. <laughs> I have to ask if that we met Oz and Bozo debate you just played. Did that really happen? Uh, yes, that really did happen. Vince, ultimately, I'm glad I don't have to vote in the Pennsylvania election. But what sucks is I had to vote in the one here. Oh, boy. I watched last night. And it was that bad. Can't even imagine what he was going through. He probably hears something like another language when people talk to him. He's brave, but not fit to serve. Vince, that was the most painful soundbite I have ever heard. Even some of those Joe Biden soundbites that sound that bad. Consequently, how many Pennsylvanians have already voted? And we have the answer to that question. Because it is certainly consequential, isn't it? You ready for this? Nearly half of all vote-by-mail ballots in Pennsylvania have already been cast before the debate. That's half of the vote-by-mail ballots. They're already in. Given that 82% of viewers said that Republican nominee Dr. Mehmet Oz won the debate, it's likely some of those Democratic voters would probably make a different choice today, don't you think? So, almost half of the mail ballots requested in Pennsylvania have already been cast and returned. As of Tuesday, two weeks before what used to be called Quaintly, Election Day, novel idea. Officials received 635,428 mail votes out of the 1,310,189 that voters originally requested. Half were already in, 48%. Given the delay between a voter's mailbox and the local elections office, the true figure is probably higher. So, you have to think this is one of the things they were probably considering in setting the date for this. That's probably a major factor behind the choice of dates to limit the impact of seeing John Fetterman in this condition.
pretty interesting, isn't it? So there you go. We can switch to something much lighter. I'd love to get your thoughts. As you know, I'm a big aviation nerd. There's a new study out revealing the most annoying plane passengers put out by the Vacationer 2022 Airplane Etiquette Violation Survey. The in-flight behaviors American air travelers find to be the most annoying or rude. According to this anonymous survey, rear seat kickers and disruptive drunks, the worst passengers to encounter in the friendly skies, both tying for the most annoying behavior at 59.11% each. Yeah, that kick in the, oh my goodness. (laughs) That's not enough though, folks. How about some other issues? Smelly passengers came in third. Ever experienced that one? Smelly passengers. Followed by inattentive or lazy parents and passengers who eat pungent foods in the cabin. So there's no getting away from that smell. For however long your flight is, you're stuck with it. Other types of annoying passengers. Armrest hogs. Seat recliners. And talkative travelers, and I would add to the talkative travelers, loud talkative travelers. I mean, I've been on flights where people just talked loudly the entire time, and I'm just sitting there, do these people ever shut up? Just curious. (laughs) Some less annoying habits include removing shoes. Oh, that is disgusting. Barefoot. No, don't do it. Flirting, getting out of the seat too often, and being overly affectionate with a partner. (laughs) A little too much PDA. That's something that is annoying to people. Any of these things resonate with you? I'd love to get your thoughts. If you have something that you like to share along those lines, feel free to. And we can discuss it on tomorrow's program, perhaps. (laughs) Stay with us. Final stretch of the Vince Coakley radio program on this Wednesday. And it is time for us to take a look at the day in history. And we have a little fun today because we have a musical question again. This ought to be uh, quite entertaining. We begin this set of eight questions with 1793 as the year. And this famous woman who lost her head who was this person marie antoinette marie antoinette is absolutely correct she literally lost her head not good at all 1825 we had the opening of this connecting the great lakes with the atlantic ocean via the hudson river i think there's a song about this as a matter of fact do you know what it is? I was going that to made s- that connection. I was going to say the Hudson River. So I'm gonna go ahead. Uh, I don't know. That was the Erie Canal. 
That is the answer to that. 1825. Is There's when a song up. about the Erie Canal? I remember it from years ago when I was in uh, grade school. Maybe I can look it up and play it for you. It's... That, that's okay. <laughs> Probably not a, a favorite for sure. Not going to be on anybody's playlist well, for sure. Well, if I haven't heard it, there's probably a reason. There's a good reason for it. 1881, this shootout happened in Tombstone, Arizona. It's a famous shootout because of where it happened. What is it? I'm going it's to have a, to say the OK Corral. You are absolutely correct. The shootout of the OK Corral. 1881 was the year, by the way. 1901. Teddy Roosevelt welcomed one of my favorite people to dinner at the White House. I think this may be the first, perhaps the first black person at the White House invited to dinner. Who was this famous black leader uh, Sidney Portier uh, not quite in 1901 this is a joke. Booker T Washington that would have been a great uh, you know look who's coming to dinner right thank is you, that where you, you were going you. I knew you, I knew where you were going with that that's thank great you. you have a great sense of humor Chris that's that's very kind thank you. seriously you you're quick on your feet like that I love it 1970 Gary Trudeau is his name and he started this cartoon that appeared in papers for the very first time, 1970. I never got these, so I didn't find them amusing. Do you know which cartoon it is? Yeah, The Far Side. You didn't like The Far Side? No, this was a different one, oh, though. Oh, wait. Who did Far? Okay, I'm... Oh, Gary Trudeau. Oh, uh, Gary Trudeau did Family Circus. No. One more guess. No, no, I'm, I'm going to admit to not knowing it. Doonesbury. Doonesbury, okay, very good. Did you follow Doonesbury? I thought they were boring. I never, I never got it. It seemed a little self-congratulatory to me. Like, you know, it's just... It was just rather obscure to me. I, just kind of obscure. 1984, this one's kind of weird. 14-day-old uh, Baby Faye received a heart from this animal and survived all of 20 days. One of the primitive experiments done in this fashion. What kind of animal did she get it from? A pig? No, this was a baboon. Okay. A baboon heart. And uh, she lasted for 20 days with this heart. And 2001 is the very last question. Actually, it's not the last but the last one, without music, this president signed the Patriot Act. Shame on him. 2001 is the year. It was a W. It was W. W done did it. Signing the Patriot Act. All right. Let's see about your knowledge of music. Because we had this song that came on the scene. And it went to number one, if you can believe it, in 1976. Listen up. Is that Disco Duck? Yes, oh. it is. <laughs> uh, I, I forgive you. We go back a ways. I forgive you. We'll get past this. <laughs> What's really funny to this uh, about this uh, the song 
is <laughs> the song credited to Rick Dees and his cast of idiots. Yep. It's pretty funny. Um, I used to listen to Rick Dees years ago, and he did a Top 40 show, and it was absolutely hilarious. He had, The guy has a great sense of humor. Um and, uh, you know, this is certainly an interesting claim to fame, but I think I've heard enough. I do not want this going through my head today. It's just not going to happen. I refuse. Uh, before we go, how about this incredible feat for a teenager? Uh, many of you know one of the biggest problems that authorities are dealing with in Florida the fish and wildlife people is the presence of Burmese pythons. They've pretty much taken over because they have no natural enemy that's able to take them on. So one of the things they try to do to mitigate this is they basically have a competition to kill these things, to capture these things. And in Miami, get a load of this, a 19-year-old South Florida man captured 28 Burmese pythons during a 10-day competition. This was created to increase awareness about the threats from this invasive snake, you know, the threat it poses to the state's ecology. Matthew Concepcion, among the 1,000 participants from 32 states, Canada and Latvia, who took part in this annual challenge, they removed 231 of these snakes. That's certainly good news. Concepcion won $10,000. That was the ultimate grand prize. Isn't that amazing? $10,000. The longest python, 11 feet, $1,500 grand prize. Pretty amazing stuff, isn't it? Thanks a lot for joining us. Have yourselves a great day, and God bless you. Adios. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 